We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the good folks at WinBet. That's W Y N N B E T. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest today is the great Bob Harris. You can follow him on Twitter at Football at Diehard. Uh, football Diehard. God, I, I'm on a roll already. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's been doing this for even longer than I have. And I've been doing this a really long time. Uh, I love, he's an FSWA Hall of Famer. Uh, you can hear him on Sirius XM Fantasy, I think, 17 times a week. Uh, you see him in a lot of different places. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. It seems like 17,000 times a week. but yeah. um, <laughs> And I apologize for that, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I feel the same way. I had an overexposure day last week. You know, it's like, oh, okay, fine. Uh, you know, it's like I've got right, five different podcasts. I get my Saturday and Sunday show. I, so I was going to reach out for you as a guest uh, this past week. I'm going, man, he's on earlier in the day. He doesn't want to come on and do a guest spot. Crying out loud. I always will. Always. Especially okay. for you. All right. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit, of some little news and notes first. Uh, training camp. We're always getting some stuff. Uh, DJ Chark. Had the uh, finger issue, uh, and you know he, he's had that repaired real quick. He'll, they say he'll be ready for week one. Uh, it's a hairline fracture. He's already mm. gotten surgery to repair it. You know, Urban Meyer when he came on board, he was kind of harsh about uh, GJ Chark's uh, season last year. Uh, yes, yeah, so he didn't play up to his size. Said he's a big player right. who played smaller than he was. I thought Chark responded to that well, though. You know, said yeah, yeah. I need to, and he by the way got bigger. Uh, but also, you know, just I, I like the way he took the hard coaching. He, he accepted it. He, you know, didn't whine about it or anything. So, right. Uh, I was impressed with that. Hopefully he, you know, hate to see guys missing out time, uh, you know, especially with a rookie quarterback coming in, establishing chemistry. I keep hearing good things about Marvin Jones. That's the guy I'm drafting there uh, because he's wide receiver 50 plus. Right. And so, right. Uh, I want that free portion of that, <laughs> of that receiving core. I think LaVisca Chanel is going ahead of him as well. And, you know, it's easy to forget that Jones knows this offense, or at least uh, the Daryl Bevel portion of it, uh, having played right. Detroit last year. So that's a good call. Uh, and Chark is wide receiver thirty-eight, uh, or th- excuse me, thirty-three in uh, the NFFC in the last eight days since August first. That will probably change a little bit. Chenault's thirty-eight, and like you said, Marvin Jones fifty-five. He's free. Uh, so it, a lot of times when you get the three-way battle, you take the cheap guy. Is is always the argument. 
And we've got a lot of some really good three ways. Uh, uh, you're in Dallas now. The Cowboys have one there uh, with CD Lamb, who everybody loves. Amari Cooper, who everyone says they don't love, but then they still take him anyhow. Uh, and then, of course, Michael Gallup, who's on the last year of his rookie contract and didn't get the extension. Yeah, same sounds like they aren't going to gonna let this play out and uh, move on from there and see see where things stand. I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, Cooper, there's been trade talk of him in the past, and and so maybe he's the one who ends up moving on in the end. Um, but, like, I'm kind of okay investing in, all, in any of these guys. I tend not to get the higher end uh, because yeah. I'm looking at other receivers at that point. Uh, and, and it's not hard. I mean, I think the community in general seems to be, you know, ahead on lamb right now. And, and I'm fine with that. I just don't seem to get him where he's going. You know, people, somebody's snagging him a little before I'm interested. So look, I love Dak Prescott. I'd rather have that piece of the Dallas offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's, there's the other complication too, is Dak's not throwing right now. I right. hurt his shoulder. Uh, they say he'll be ready for week one and I, you know, I, I'd like to see him play a little bit, but Again, I'm not going to physically see him play because he's not going to play any no. preseason. I would bet, uh, just like I'd a like lot of teams are in practice. Just like to yeah. see him getting some, you know, full action and and able to cut loose with the passing before the season starts would be great. Or before I invest any more heavily than I already am. Yeah. Speaking of which, you play in a. I think the uh, scientific estimate is a gazillion leagues. Uh, and I, I, how do you manage? How do you how do you keep? Because I know I play in a lot of leagues, and I know you play in more than I do. Right. I mean, I think, you know, football diehards, we have a tool just like everyone else, my fantasy GM, where, you know, pulls in all your leagues from around you yep. know, the various platforms and gives you a little help and assistance, managing them, offering advice and, you know, pointing out who's available, who's not available. It's a struggle, though. I mean, even with even at that, you know, you're, you're you know, the grind we do in the season. I mean, your focus, yep. uh, you know, my job is not winning leagues. My job is helping my subscribers win leagues. Right. So. I want to win leagues. I'm not always first guy on the waiver wire because I play in a lot of leagues with Mike Dempsey and he's always yeah. the first guy on the waiver wire. But um, but no, you grind along and you do the best you can. And uh, and I think a lot of this, for me, I need to draft well and I think I usually do, but I need, you know, I need a lot of things to go my way and that is rarely the case, right, in, in any fantasy league. So sure. you've got to be ready. You do the best you can. Uh, the management aspect of it is a hassle. I tend to focus. There are certain leagues I give more attention than other leagues. You know, we're all in some of those leagues, the relegation leagues where maybe you get moved to a different division or whatever. You pay a little more attention to some of the more competitive ones that were in the industry. Uh, you want to, you know, you want to get in there and, and give it a little more of a battle. And and you just kind of got to you, you kind of got to manage your time. And I think I spend about uh, usually every Tuesday night, about three hours going through all my lineups, seeing what I need in terms of free agents, trying to, you know, acquire the free agents I need. So it's it's a bit of a time suck, but. You know, that's a, the drafting is to me, you know, this time of year. And that's what best ball has kind of liberated us a fair amount. Right. So yeah. I can be in a hundred, you know, I can draft a hundred times literally and, and not have to manage all those teams. Uh, but I think this time of year and, and also in season, you know, you're taking calls on serious, you're dealing with your subscribers, doing live chats, things like this. And yes, and, and the more decisions you're making, the more helpful you can be. Right. So when you're making all those same lineup decisions that all your, readers and listeners are making it's helpful to have gone through those and given them some thought and and maybe made some of the actual decisions and put yourself on the line a little bit and 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 i think it, you know look the the audience knows exactly what's going on so you're not buying any credibility but but it, I, I think it would be a little helpful to them to know oh look he's made this decision right and and i mean in terms of drafts 
I don't know what decision I haven't made, right? I mean, and, and we get the yeah, benefit exactly. of drafting all these multiple drafts, Jeff. You know this. Like, you know, if I'm in one draft, I'm not drafting the same way I am in my 100th draft, right? Because I drafted yeah. that one long way. So we have a lot of room and leeway to experiment and try different things. I know I just did a draft. We're talking about injuries and news of the day. Saquon Barkley coming off the pup list, it sounds like. Uh, there was a draft the other day. One of the things that I harp on, and I know we, we've been doing this a long time, is, you know, getting caught up in the minute by minute. You know, the Twitter world, oh, yeah. this news is coming in, right? And, and we tend to overreact, and our league mates tend to overreact because that's what we do. Wow, look, at there's a the thing. I can gain a little advantage. I'm always looking for the other advantage. The other day I drafted Barkley uh, and Jonathan Taylor at the 1-2 turn, right? I got them 12 and 13. Why is that? It was because the news of the moment, right? The the reporting yeah. of Barkley that day was he might be not be back until week three. He might not, right? I don't right. know this, but you know, it, in my hundredth league, I can say, wow, I'm going to take a chance on this one. And then you see Jonathan Taylor down. Look, I get it. The quarterback situation is not going to be ideal to open the season. I don't think Quentin Nelson. I think that news moved things too. You know, the the combination. Oh, I think that's the bigger things. almost. Right. Yeah, it, and so you know, it's kind of a zone blocking scheme. I'm not going to panic. So I figure, you know, investing at that. You know, I'm all in on Taylor investing at a cheaper price. I thought was fantastic. And so, uh, you know, as, as as you're looking at these news at Tibbets, and I'm not saying they're they're meaningless, right? They are worthwhile, and you should be making adjustments based on them. But you should be making those adjustments in the context of the entire off season, right? I always look at the the entire year as like a a, a big line of data, and you're plugging pieces in. And no one piece should define what you're doing unless it's a it's a there it brings resolution unless it's a season ending injury or or something similar to that. I mean, it's all either a adding to value or b giving me a discount. I love the discount portion of this, right? I love when people run away from a situation based on a momentary piece of news that I think is not going to matter in two weeks, right? So uh, those are the things we're trying to look at this time of year. And a lot of this injury news, the the things we're hearing right now. These are the things I'm looking to use to leverage into a little bit of an advantage. Just a little bit. So many of those things that you said resonate with me, especially like starting with playing in all the leagues to begin with, because it's just having to make those decisions so we can help other people make those decisions. Love playing in the variety of type of leagues that we play in. Right. Uh, both football and baseball is that way for me. And I know you're a football diehard, so I know it's all football for you. But, you know, it's, for me especially, it's crazy this time this time of year. But you know, it, it's really, uh, it, it, you can only, you, you can give a lot better advice if you've been there before, if you've done that. Right. And I'm trying to find more dynasty. I'm trying to find, like, I want to get into a guillotine league this year. Uh, uh, yes. We just got a dog. Uh, so I, we've had a live appearance from mine just recently too. Uh, but uh, it's, it's so funny. But, um, and I love the other thing that you do is that you do on Tuesday night. You do that when you kind of prepare because we all play on different platforms. Uh, whether you know Yahoo runs those Tuesday night fab runs and you got to do that for them. So uh, I, I, I like that you start that process then because uh, we that's, I, I, that's I, one of the I, trickiest I, things. I think you almost have to, you know, I'm sorry about this, Jeff. This is a whole new experience for the, I moved in on a dog. So yes, he's getting used to this. Uh, so I apologize for that. Um, but I think no that's, you know, having that process in place where you're where you're sitting there and I have to have the process, right? Because you're trying to maximize your time. So every week, same time, go through the process. And then you're sitting there and when you're taking the calls on the radio the next day and doing all the things you need to do, you're prepared. You've heard it all before. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, quick note from our sponsor, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, 
WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states. Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is now is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. You mentioned Saquon Barkley, Bob. Uh, let's talk about him real quick. Yeah. I was down on him uh, at the be- at least at his early ADP, which was four or five. And then he started slipping a little bit with, oh, he's going to be on the pup list to start the season. He might not play in week one. And I almost saw the pendulum swing too far where I see him yeah. go like middle of the second round. Yep. Yeah, that's a, so. And that was what, what I did this this weekend. I'm just thinking, OK, this is, his, you know. This is the the peak of the bad news. It was the Ian Rappaport report, you know. And, yep. and I, I thought he, you know, you've got to be careful when you hear these reports. I mean, he framed it well. No one would be surprised if he's back week one. They're not putting that out of the picture. But, I mean, when you think about that, we all know what that means, you know, for us as fantasy managers. He's back week one. Does he get to have a full workload? Probably not. They're going to ease him back in and move him along. And, you know, looking at the number of backs they have behind him, and they all have kind of specific roles, right? I mean, I think right. – Devontae Booker, maybe the every down back, just talking to people on the ground watching. Corey Clement seems to be gaining ground as a third down guy. Alfred Morris did really well on third downs last year as well. So they have the body. I mean, you know, don't draft any of those guys, everybody. I mean, unless you get yeah. Barkley and you're looking for the handcuff, it's probably Booker. But, but you know, when, when you know the team has those players and you know that their intention is not to push Barkley, right? They're looking at this in the long term as well. And I talk about that yeah. line of data. That line of data extends back through last season and beyond. And through the coming seasons and beyond, right? For as far as the team is concerned. So right. keep that in mind, what their desires are. And I always, we, you know this as well as I do. I mean, what the team wants isn't always what happens, but it's what they want. Right? So, yes. so, I mean, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good starting point to start plotting your strategy around their desired outcomes. Uh, you know, whether they happen or not, a lot of that depends on developments on the field, what the player responding and the way they expect them to respond, the pieces around him working and, all these things, we know it's a complicated thing. It's trigonometry, right? It's like yeah. all these things happening at once. But when you know the, the desired outcome, and I think that's one of the things that I focus on is coaching. You know, the NFL every week is a new thing, right? There's a new game plan and a trip or a team coming in. You're preparing for different things. NFL coaches love consistency. So they're battling to have this level of consistency going up against this sea of constant change right so if you understand what their desires are a lot of times you can help you understand what anticipated roles are uh things like that like you know we all know coaches are innovative they're coming up with different things and and different twists all the time but that basic premise that a coach wants to keep some consistency there and some levels of of you know that, that helps the team gives that team is his team a comfort level if you know what those are and you're leveraging those a little bit so when you hear what we're hearing about Barkley, and it's been pretty consistently reported, they're going to be very cautious with this. It makes right. sense. He's a young player. He's one of the most dynamic players in the league when he's healthy. My concerns extend a little beyond that because I don't think we've seen him be that dynamic player the last couple of times we saw him play healthy, right? It seemed like it was a bit of a struggle. 
Could that have been with the offensive line? Could it be that there's a new offense? Yes, all those things entirely possible. Uh, also, he was coming off previous injuries, and and so you know yeah. you're, you're you know there's a lot of there's a lot of complications here. So I understood going in before we got this latest news why he was slipping down because he had slipped down for me. I just felt more comfortable with other players and where they're at, you know, in their timelines and in their respective positions. So. I was kind of down on him as well, but there then there comes a point where you're going, man, it's too much. Everyone's gone too far, right? And so right. it's the same way I feel in best balls so when I've drafted, you know, I mean, like, am I going to draft Christian McCaffrey almost every time I get a first round pick? Sure. But on the 13th or 14th, they're going, eh, maybe I'll take it up a little bit, right? Same yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it gets to the point where, wow, I'm, you know, I'm super underweight on him. Maybe this is the point where I can, you know, take that discount and leverage it a little bit and see if I can't get something out of it. Are there players that you just cross off that, and, and you know, and I'm talking not, I'm not talking about like Devontae Booker crossing off. I'm talking about players that people are drafting the first, second, third, fourth rounds. Are there players that you're just like, I'm not interested. I don't care if he slips around. I'm just not taking him. I mean, I'm interested in everyone at the right price. That said, the right price for me is often, you know, not the right price. Right. So that, yeah, yeah. that would happen more than crossing guys off. Right. Like I'm just not paying that price for somebody. And uh, okay. there's plenty of those. There's plenty of those. Uh, sure. Like endless amounts of those. I'll, I'll come across them all the time. That doesn't mean I don't have those players or, and I don't end up with some. Sometimes I make a conscious effort to like say, hey, I don't have any of this guy. I should get some. But like, I don't need to force the issue. Like, let's say Miles Sanders, right? There's a player that, and I get pushback from this every time I bring it up with the Eagles beat writer. But but just looks to me like they don't like him as much as everyone else does, right? <laughs> the yeah. Eagles... The Eagles seem to, to not see him like we as a fantasy community see him or observers, reporters see him, you know, and, and, and look, I go back to last year, that Saints game where he and Jalen Hurts both ran for 100 yards and against a defense that hadn't given up 100 yards rushing in forever. And I think back to when, you know, there were a number of receivers hurt and he was the, the top downfield receiving threat. I mean, he has these skills yet somehow, and maybe the new coaching staff, this changes, but there's a whole range of running backs in that knot right there, right? You know, that fourth sure. round, late third through early fifth round knot. There's just other guys I like better in that same range. I'd rather have Josh Jacobs at that same price point. I'd have rather have David Montgomery at that same price point. So I'm just not getting a lot of Miles Sanders, and and I'm and I'm okay with that. And, and like DeAndre Swift was another one who I felt, you know, maybe fell a little too far. He's risen back up. Um, but, but yeah, and he's risen back up to the point where mm, probably not going to get that much of him. I don't think he's sure. probably a bad player. And I, I think maybe the comments by Anthony Lynn were overblown. You know, the, I have an A running back and I have a B running back. Jamal Williams right. is my prototypical A. Okay. Well, if that's true, Austin Eckler is a prototypical B, right? In, in yeah. Anthony Lynn's term. And he has fared really, really well. So I think maybe DeAndre Swift could be that prototypical B running back and be super productive from a fantasy perspective. But there are other issues right, right with him dating back to last year, the concussion, there's a little mystery surrounding that and the slower. Yeah, that's right. Something. And so, you know, I'm just not all in at the price tag. So I, I think that that's more how guys rule themselves off out of my teams is more by pricing than by me saying, oh, I hate that guy. Even if I, yeah, hate right. him, I, I don't, I don't hate him if the price is right. 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 Uh, and that brings up another point too. We, we have our evaluation of the players, right? But it's still dependent on the coaches, you know, yes. and how many times do we say, oh, these coaches are idiots. They don't see the, the upside in this guy that I see. And, you know, we, that conceit prevents us from doing well in fantasy leagues because we think about what should happen as opposed to what's really going to happen. 
Right. And so we could think back to, to uh, any number of players. And, you know, I mean, you think of the Adam Gaze coach, but you, who yeah, yeah. was it? Lamar Miller never got the full workload or Kenyon Drake never got the full workload. Right. In Miami. Yeah. And then, you know, you, and you're thinking, damn it, if only they would give him the ball, like I want them to. So here's what I try to remind myself every time I think about how the team is not treating somebody the way I think they need to be treated. And we should all view this as, uh, they're around them like 12 hours a day. They see them every single day. They watch them practice every single day. They're seeing things we don't, right? We're hearing mm -hmm. things. And so I, I always think about something, you know, beat writers are, are fantastic assets for all of us, right? Their eyes on the ground. They also, you know, form opinions, right? And they also kind of follow a narrative at times. And, and if they've been, you know, if there's a player they like, they're going to kind of follow that narrative as, as long as they can, right? And maybe, I'm not saying that they're not being objective reporters, but it's just natural. I know Peter King wrote a big piece about this once, you know, do do uh, reporters root for teams? No, they root for their stories. Yes. <laughs> so if you've been reporting that someone is going to be a breakout or someone's doing great, you're liable to try to see it through that perspective. I know I do. I mean, I'm like, wow, I've been pushing this guy. I think that's the most important thing for me as a, you know, in my job and as a fantasy player. Be ready to bail from your narrative, man. If it's not happening, it's not happening. Let it go. Move right. on to the next thing. And, and, you know, or or understand why your narrative isn't following through. Say, okay, I need to dial back on this player right now. Don't need to release them. Just need to be patient or whatever. We do that. We deal with this early every season, right? Is it time to bail on so-and-so? Well, you know, these That's are all personal decisions. I tend to wait a little longer because I have a lot of faith in my evaluations, right? Right. Can that cost me? Yes. If I'm ultimately wrong, it does. So, you know, we all have our different risk tolerance levels, aggressive le levels of aggression and the kinds of moves we like to make or how quickly we like to make moves. So there is no set answer. Like, how long should I hold on to this guy? He's not good. You know, that's kind of it's your team. You kind of there's some decisions you have to make. Right. I'll try to give you the information yeah. you need to make that. And, and and like like I said, I tend to have a little more faith in my evaluations because why? I look at try to look at the big picture and I'm looking back beyond this offseason and into next season. You're trying to look at that that full set of data and not make the decisions based on, wow, this was a lousy week and he didn't get enough carries and I really expected more. Okay, well, maybe we need to see why that was before we just assume that's what it's going to be forever. And it's something else, Jeff. I'll point to Rob Gronkowski last year as a prime example, even the Bucks in general, right? The, you know, right. What somebody is today is not what they're going to be in three weeks. Right. Rob yeah. Gronkowski was out of shape and not up to speed, you know, early in the season. You say the same about Antonio Brown. And then here they are, you know, at the point when you need them the most, they're being heavy contributors. So, uh, you know, just using that as one example, not to promote a single player, but just to promote the idea. OK, this is what it is this week. This is not a permanent condition. Right. Both positive and negative. It's not permanent. This is going to change week to week and you have to be ready to deal with that. I, I, super good advice there. I 100% agree with that. I think that's re really important to remember that. Uh, before we move on, I want to get to know more about Bob Harris. We have to share a note from our friends at Dynasty Owner. Are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that get canceled after a year or so? If so, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com. New leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap, and real NFL player salaries for diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find anyone to play your league? Don't worry. Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. 
You can choose to start a league, join an existing league, or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to dynastyowner.com slash rotowire and start your dynasty today. We had Tim Peffer on from Dynasty Owner a couple weeks ago. Really good product. Really uh, fun talk about Dynasty games. My guest today is Bob Harris. You find him at Football Diehard. Football Diehards is the website. You can hear him on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio every single day, practically. It's, at least it seems like it. Uh, and especially with Mike Dempsey. And I love hearing you guys banter back and forth, Bob. Uh, I, I think you guys have developed such a great chemistry over the years. It's really fun working, uh, listening to you guys. When you when you have a, a co-host that you've been working with for a long time, it's it's fun to kind of get into that rhythm. It really is, and I mean, like I kind of feel the same working with Michael Fabiano. We've known each other yep. back to what into the nineties, uh, you know. So you know, you have a pretty good feel. We compete against each other. I'll say this for Dempsey: he is, you know, we we hear the he's very competitive. Dempsey's insanely competitive, and 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 like you know, in, mm -hmm. in industry leagues where maybe we're a little more forgiving or. Or we're willing to, you know, like, oh, wow, this guy was caught up in another draft. Don't worry. Roll back the clock. Whatever. What? You know, I mean, it's just like the intensity yeah. level is there. And the trade offers in Dynasty in particular with Dempsey are copious. The trade offers from Fabiano are copious as well uh, in all yeah. formats. But and that's something, you know, I'm not as proactive about just because of the volume. Right. Um, but, uh, but it is good to have that guy in your league. Right. Just the guy always stirring the pot, looking to, you know, looking to find a little gain, a little purchase, gain a little ground and kind of can spur you into thinking, Oh wow. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Maybe I should go make an offer to somebody else that I like based on this. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, working with Dempsey has been one of the problems we have. I think we single-handedly every year push up the ADP of somebody because we're yeah. in so many drafts together and we talk ourselves into some of the same players. And so, you know, I think just the, I think yesterday there was one where, uh, Damian Harris is a guy that's growing on me, right? Just as a clear path to workload guy. We don't see that right. in New England very much, right? But when we have, it's been pretty good. I kind of see that momentum building towards that. So I'm starting to invest in Harris. It's a reasonable price. Dempsey also is starting to invest. So like, you know, last night I'm in a draft and we're on the air and I look and I see him. He just took Damian Harris, you know, and that's how it begins. You know, guys will start going yes. up. I think Michael Carter is one of those guys we've done that too as well. Uh, so far this year, every year it's somebody, we just, uh, we start racing to get them and, and you start, uh, and gets, how often do you play against each other? A uh, tons. I mean, we're in probably 75% of the best balls I'm in. He's in, we do a lot wow. associated with the shows, a lot associated with the website, football.com website right now, where we have a best ball championship. So we're in a, we're in a lot of leagues and a lot of the playthrough leagues, uh, you know, some of our dynasty, we're in a super, uh, super dynasty league, uh, 20, it's, very deep 50 man rosters, full IDP. I mean, the whole nine yards. So, uh, so some of those leagues uh, are very competitive as well. And we're in a number of those together as well. Dynasty Dempsey loves the dynasty. I am like a relative newcomer to dynasty. It's only been about five years or so, you know, that I've really started really getting into it and, and I'm enjoying it immensely. And, you know, the same with IDP. I mean, you know, as you said it earlier, you know, the more formats you're in, I think we're all getting more into the super flex. I mean, I think that's pretty much become everybody's favorite. Uh, yeah, same here. Mine. I, yeah. You, you just love it. You know, it just adds that, you know, it, it brings the quarterback value a little more into line with what it should be. Right. So I just think all those things and I think we see it in the Scott fish bowls every year, Scott fish pushing the envelope to, to kind of tweak the rules and, and kind of bring in some new ideas and freshen things up every year that, and I think a lot of those ideas end up moving on and migrating into other leagues. I'm in. I think that's great as well. 
Yeah, hundred percent agree. Superflex is my favorite. Uh, although, and like you said, I'm getting into a dynasty league. I've got uh, the guy that runs mine is a former major league baseball pitcher, Brad Ziegler, and uh, okay. even when he was still playing, he was running this league. I get, you know, his game has started, and I get a trade offer from him, like Brad, your game's going on right now. But he's a reliever, so he, he doesn't baseball, have the baseball guys are nuts about this, man. Oh, they the totally are. They're, they're great about fantasy football. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 really awesome to see. If you had to do, if you had to narrow it down, and I know this is a stupid hypothetical, but I'm going to do it anyhow. What's the one? If you could only play one league, what sort of format would it be? Uh, it would be best ball because I could draft all day long, and and I again, you know, uh, the hubris of me, I always say every draft, and it's a kind of an ongoing joke between me and said best draft ever, right? You know? yeah. So I always I always love my drafts. I mean, you know, we all have those clunkers and stuff. Um, but I love, you know, the drafting portion of all this uh, more so than the management. Just, you know, part of it is just the nature of the job. You're so busy. You don't get to sit back and really enjoy all the mm-hmm. aspects as much as you do as drafting. So it'd be best ball. But beyond that, just like, you know, regular formats, I think it would be, you know, Dynasty Superflex is becoming a really fun thing for me. That's awesome. Um, how important is stacking in best ball? Um, more important for other people than for me. I mean, I try to do it, but probably end up doing it more with the cheaper components than the more expensive components. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of schools of thoughts and Dempsey has a great thought on this. You know, you're late in the game and you've invested in Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill somehow in some imaginary world. Right. Right. Uh, you know, there's more realistic ones, but let's say that. So the chiefs are off the field and it's a crucial moment and, and the other team is driving and the, the defense can't stop them. You're not getting any points. Right. Uh, and, and the same with like in game, like say, you know, in, in, a you know, in daily, I mean, you're stacking all the time. What's more frustrating yeah. than, you know, that team throwing a clunker that week that you stacked. I mean, and it happens. So, and it happens in season long as well. So that's the only argument really against it is, is I just hate putting myself, pinning my hopes on a single team. I'd like to diversify a little more. So when I do end up stacking, it ends up being usually a quarterback with a cheaper component as a receiving game, maybe a cheaper tight end or cheaper wide receiver. And I look for the for the Buccaneers right now, that cheaper wide receiver might be Antonio Brown, who's pretty reasonably priced, right? So, and, and I see situations like that where, you know, I'm picking between Godwin and, and Mike Evans early in the drafts. I'm saying, nah, I'll just wait. I'll just wait and get wide receiver 45 or whatever. And uh, his name right. is Antonio Brown and I'll be fine with that. So. I think that's the, that's more the direction I'm taking stacking. I see people do it, and I see people do it successfully. Uh, I think it's just a little bit of a battle of nerves for me. I understood, and I don't do a whole lot of it in non best ball leagues, but even in best ball, like I al- I often find the cheaper quarterback that has the upside that could take that next yeah. step. Pair him with an elite receiver, and that's that's sure. the way I like to do it. Yeah, I, my favorite one was Scott Mitchell on the Lions way back in the yeah. day. Uh, you know, and I, I also included Sanders in that stack, but man, that was such a good offense. That one, you know, Herman yep, Moore and Perriman. Oh my gosh, just it, Scott Mitchell was good for like a year and a half, but I, I was on that rocket. It ship was and that very was good, though. I mean, it, it was yeah. very good. It wasn't just good, it was he was super and that whole offense. But you know, every piece, all three receivers were, were reasonable assets, and of course, Frank Sanders was as well. Yeah, and it helps that the Lions' defense was terrible that year too. So it was just a ticket to the carnival. Every game Always was just a shootout. Always looking for the lousy defenses. One of the things you like about that because the Cowboys' defense going to get better. Sure, it's a low bar. I mean, how you know yeah. it's going to get it's going to get kind of better. And they invested heavily in it. Maybe it'll be a a market improvement. Even at that, they were so horrible last year. I think it's still going to be a bit of a. And the Lions are in the same boat again this year as well. So, I mean, I'm always looking for a lousy defense with some re- decent offensive plays on the other side. 
Yeah, so looking at that Lions team, though, I mean, just the offense, I'm having a hard time finding that buy-in uh, on the on the receiving core. I mean, I'm all over Hawkinson. I think everybody's all over Hawkinson. Yep. Uh, but the receiving core, I know Cephas might be running with like fifth string lately is what I've seen, Some right. a note on that. Everyone loved him for about 12 seconds. You talked about the Twitter, uh, the news cycle there on Twitter, but I don't know. I, I haven't found that that go-to on that offense just yet. Tyrell Williams, that wide receiver 85, is pretty damn appealing to me. Uh, talking yeah. to beat writers there on the regular, all of them seem to believe he'll be the wide receiver one. And and I think there's, you know, something to hang your hat on there in the, you know, the history with Anthony Lynn. And that's you know, a good point. A de- he's been a decent player, right? I mean, he was decent with the Chargers when Lynn was there, went on, you know, there, and for a period with the Raiders, I mean, he kind of carried that receiving core. He was pretty much the only wide receiver, but he was ended up with the foot issue and, and that slowed him down, kept him from uh, making a full season contribution. So, there, you know, at receiver eighty-five, I can tell myself a pretty happy story pretty easily on a guy, uh, sure. Especially, especially in receiving core where there's just not much there. Like, is Rashad Perriman's, you know, family legacy going to carry him to suddenly new heights? I mean, <laughs> I like what I've seen of him. You know, uh, it, it, when he was healthy the last couple of years, I think it's looked pretty good. But you know, the consistent week-to-week production, I haven't seen. I have seen a little signs of that at least from from Williams. And again, you know, you're talking about wide receiver 85. It's not an expensive exactly. investment. You can move on if it's not working out. Another down ballot guy that's got some news, uh, the, the New England tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry, got a question even in the chat about that one. Uh, you know, hurt his shoulder. They're, they're optimistic an MRI won't reveal anything. I don't know how you'd be optimistic about an MRI, but I don't know. But uh, and, and I want to ask, what, what does that mean for John New Smith? Uh, what does it mean, you know, with two tight ends that are both rosterable, you know, but neither of them are you're really super excited to draft. Does this change the equation a little bit for Smith? Maybe a little bit. I mean, I, you know, we'll see how long it's good. It sounds like it'll cost him some time, you know, this month and maybe not much beyond that. The Patriots right. turns out have a reasonable history of using two tight ends at one time. And that's true. You know, that's where, and, and they, I mean, they spent a lot of money on these two. You could, you know, one argument is okay, they went after Johnny Smith first. So right. he's the guy in general, but they ended up both ended up getting about the same amount of money. And, and it wasn't like Hunter Henry wasn't on the list. It's just how the things played out. If you talk to people who cover the team on the daily, they'll kind of suggest, yeah, that's kind of, you know, don't put too much into the fact that Smith went first and you've heard Bill Belichick say really glowing things about both of them. And they kind of will fill different roles, I believe, but it doesn't bump them up too much for me. I do think the tight end is going to be, you know, assuming Cam Newton is a starter there is going to be, probably heavily utilized. I don't know how much week two from last year where Cam Newton we're going to see <clears throat> the, the brief glimpse against the Seahawks where he was zinging it down the field and making big plays with his arm. I don't know. You know, we haven't seen that consistently from Cam Newton since days no. in Carolina, since the days of the shoulder surgery, right? We haven't really seen him consistently get the, the ball down the field. So I have some concerns about that. If that's the case, the tight ends are going to be some value. I think the prices are right on both these guys. Um, but I tend to miss out on them because if I'm not getting the high end, you know, that top two tiers and maybe down through Hawkinson, you know, and maybe starting to include a little pits, you know, I, I don't want to be skeptical about it because I think he's a unique talent and I think I'll use him in different ways. So I think looking at him as just a tight end mm-hmm. might, you know, might be costing me a little bit. So uh, I've been so underweight on him recent best balls. I've started investing, but I think beyond that, I just skip the middle tier and I take flyers on the late round guys, you know? So, right. uh, and, and I mean, Adam Troutman is rising up the ranks a little bit with Michael Thomas's injury, but there are a number of guys. Irv Smith has started to rise up with some recent reporting, but I think once I kind of, and I think he's going probably higher than Smith and Hunter Henry anyway now. So 
I just think I'm kind of kind of either getting in early and that's been the bulk of it, or I'm punting completely and taking flyers very late. Like Eric Ebron's what tight end 26 right now. I could yeah. probably live with that and, you know, move on if it's not working. There you go. I like it. Uh, I like it there. And you know, I've heard that advice. I think it's, it's good advice. Either go big or go home basically on that, uh, on tight end position. And mostly there. go big. I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, you know, Travis Kelsey has no business making it out of the first round. You yeah. Know, in, uh, in most drafts, even, you know, whether you're tight end premium or not, I mean, no, you know, season long fantasy is still a weekly game, right? It's still in like daily. You have to win the weekly battles and nobody, you know, Darren Waller's closing in on him, but nobody gives you that weekly leverage at a single position more than Travis Kelsey does. I argue with this with this a lot. Uh, if you know, it, it don't, I don't feel like you have to force the running back at the end of the first round and certainly early second round. I, I I'm there for that. I actually got uh, in a stance is a standard league, not a PPR league where I got him at the end of the second round. Uh, and this talk, him being Travis Kelsey, uh, I, I was able to get him a, a few times and yeah, I I'm, I'm there for that. Uh, I think in a salary cap league, I'm there for that with him. Yeah. I think often the top tight ends are underpriced in a salary cap format. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's, you know, it's positional scarcity or at least high end value of positional scarcity. As, you know, it's just, a, it's a narrow tier. There's the Travis, uh, there's a Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller tier to me. And then you skip down and look, George Kittle can move up into that tier, right? We've seen him be that guy. The yards after catch can be phenomenal. I just see the other receiving assets starting to, you know, gain a little momentum there. I'm big on Brandon Ayuk. So, and Kittle has to stay healthy, but he still leads that next tier, right? Which is him, You, however you view them, him, Mark Andrews, uh, TJ Hawkinson. I think Kyle Pitts has moved into that tier, whether he deserves to or not. I mean, that's the price you're paying for him. And, and, and at this point, I don't think it's unreasonable because, again, you can go back and punt on the rest of that position, come back with the tight end, too, that you can at least feel confident in the role. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, yeah, I, I have a lot of Andrews. And I have some Hawkinson. I have a lot of Andrews. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he always seems to be the guy that falls a little bit in that team <clears throat> a little bit because yep. everyone's yep. a shiny toy in pits. And so yep. well, I'll take Andrews then. That's fine. Only seven players have more touchdown catches over the last two years than Mark Andrews. Right. Uh, that, that's that's a great stat. Uh, and I actually get a lot, little bit of Lamar, too. So uh, for what it's worth, to yeah. pair those two together is awfully nice. Uh, quick note from our friends at Otternew. Otternew Fantasy Football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like it's a real GM. It's better fa fantasy football, auction-based, deep rosters, college player prospects. Stash the ne next rookie of the year while he's still tearing up Saturdays. Trade for superstars to make a championship push. Develop a team over multiple years. Play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. Visit autonewtoday.com today. It's O-T-T-O-N-E-U.com today. My guest is Bob Harris from Football Outsiders. Bob, when did you guys start up Football Outsiders? I know you've been in this business for a long time, but let's hear the story. How did you get into the industry? How did your company start? Tell us about you guys. I'm going to correct you and say football diehards, although football outsiders. I, I'm so sorry, Bob. That's I'm, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, I'm that. having a morning, guys. Sorry. Don't football diehards. Let's, I, I, uh, too bad this is live. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem, man. Uh, so football diehards kind of came uh, out of a combination of things. Uh, I had started a website early on, early on in all this uh, when there was just a handful of people out there doing it called TFL Report. I started doing some work for fantasy sports publications, Emil Cadillac mm -hmm. uh, magazine business yeah. kind of came together and I ended up starting working for him full time in 1996. And, 
And so, you know, we kind of, the idea was, look, we know the limitations of magazines and, you know, we're still doing the magazines, Pro Forecast, 32nd straight year publications out there. We have three other titles, the draft book, Pro uh, Football Diehards Magazine and Cheat Sheets Magazine. But, but we kind of wanted to use the website, the, uh, you know, to leverage, you know, look, we understand it's a snapshot in time, a magazine, right? So, right. you know, if you buy a magazine, we now, we started giving you free access to the website so you can get updated rankings, all those things. And eventually we just turned that into the football diehards, you know, came up with a single site for all the magazines. And now there's a magazine that's directly associated with it, but that's kind of been the genesis. And, and, uh, and I think that's been, you know, kind of key, I, you know, I always thought when we, I was getting it, it's like, wow, magazine's kind of a sunset business. It turns out it's not, <laughs> you know, it's really, yeah. you know, we still, you know, we still have a million copies out on newsstands or nearly a million copies every year. And so, uh, That's and so the, the key to that though, is, you know, over time coming to understand, you know, again, you're out there in the, the world that you're talking to people, they're telling you what your shortcomings are, right. It pays to listen to them. And, and so we always have tried to listen to the readers. And so, you know, with the articles and content, you guys have done magazines. I mean, you know this. Uh, you try to be a little more evergreen, like a, go a little more on strategy and a little less focus on the players. You have to have player information in there. You have to have rankings in there. But if you can provide a way for those rankings to be updated, you're going to be very happy after, you know, whatever happens that happens, right? Like this year, the Julio Jones. I mean, we ended up getting that in all the magazines, but it was a last six hours of one magazine to make all the changes, you know, and, you, you know, over time, you get experience with that. You know something is up. You know the players to watch. You have everything marked. You have changes already mm -hmm. made in advance, ready to plug in. And so, you know, you kind of mitigate things. But that's kind of the genesis of that was, you know, having an electronic site where people could take the magazines and extend that on and then extend that in through the season, with our, whether it's with our online draft guide, the August update, or our in-season product, the Flash update, which I've been doing since 1993. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it, it kind of, it all builds on itself and, and, and I think it's a great way. It's ended up being a great way to do this. Well, when was your first fantasy league? 1986. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I we, we, I think I was 93. So, uh, but yeah, it's, that's awesome. Now, who did you, how did you get started? Who's, whose league did you join? And so it was a friend of ours uh, came back from San Diego. We all lived in Tucson, small group of friends. And he came back and he said, you guys, I found this thing. We're going to mm -hmm. love it. <laughs> and we did. And so I told you the publication I started was called the TFL Report. Right, that right. That kind of evolved out of the league that we called it the Tucson Football League. And I ended oh, up perfect. calling the business at some point the Fantasy League Report, right? So, but that's how it started. I was a bit of a graphic designer. And so I started making a league newsletter every week and kind of poking fun at everybody and you know providing a little information tracking the stats all that kind of stuff the standings etc and it's kind of morphed into eventually a business but i think the the the, the key takeaway from all this was it was like a, about a week in to the first season when i said to myself well, we don't have the information to do this right you know we we don't i mean we can do this but man, to really do this right, we need better information than the USA Today, which put out the injury report on Wednesday. Yes. And yes. then on Sunday, you know, Bill Belichick is yanking Michael Jackson off the field, but you have no idea why. He was probable. I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, it was really, uh, you know, it was readily apparent that there needed to be more information. Also readily apparent to me that if everybody felt the same way about fantasy that my little group of people did, and I was sure they did. This was going to be a huge business someday. 
and I should somehow figure out how to make it that. Now, if I keep doing this another 10 years, I might break even, but I think I was not <laughs> necessarily wrong. I mean, it just, you know, I was not going to let go of this. It's just like, this is like the perfect setup for, you know, I mean, how can people not love this once they get involved with it? And I think, you know, the time is the test of time has proven that out. And there's been, you know, obviously evolutions in the electronic portion of all this has really made a lot of it possible. I know when I started the business, you know, doing a, I did a printed newsletter. We actually mailed it out every week to subscribers. Then we added a fax service where I was giving updated information from the practice field one day a week to people. They could pick Thursday, Friday or Saturday and, and get their updated information. And then about the third year, one of my customers came to me and said, hey, have you ever heard of this uh, World Wide Web? I said, yeah. no, tell me more. And then, you know, about 10 minutes into the process of finding out I could send out a million of something for the same price I could send out one of something else, I said, wow, this is a direction to go. So, and, and I think it goes through that, you know, the NFL, you know, was resistant to this at first, you know, kind of viewed it as gambling when gambling was not a really popular thing. And right. uh, there came a point in the mid 90s, I think mean, 96, 97, where they said, oh, wow, look at these numbers. These people watch every game until every game is over. I mean, they're, they're buying merchandise They're, You know, they have a great interest. And so they started, you know, really, you know, if not, you know, they stopped resisting, certainly, but, but maybe even started promoting a little bit the notion of it. And then obviously it's gone on since then. But even in the mid 90s, the development of commissioner platforms on, on the Internet uh, was a huge game changer right i mean you could yep you know instead of sitting there with a pencil and a pen and a newspaper or you know however you got your box scores um it was all done for you that that to me was a huge shift a tonic shift you know so right that, that allowed people to do this much more easily it could you could be in multiple leagues very easily yeah and now and we've gone from sending out faxes to recording tiktoks and you know having you know my daughter's like oh you got this many views you got this many likes okay cool all good uh but uh yeah it, it's wild to see the evolution here i mean i don't have a radio tv film background and here i am doing podcasts and radio shows constantly right. uh it just it's it's wild to see that we've been able to do this for a living for a very long time yeah, it's, and it's really funny i i said this you know when we did uh, the uh, the uh they put me in the, the fswa hall of fame I, I think my speech was about a minute long and it was basically Wow, you know, when I started doing this, my goal in life was to not look like a guy who just started doing this, right? And I mean, yeah. we might still look like that to some degree, but just the, the number of platforms and the technology that's allowed us to disseminate our work has become remarkable. And, and you know, just the technology alone, you know, the, the phone I'm holding in my hand is a thousand times more powerful than the $5,000 computer I had when I got started in this right? business, right? So. I mean, it's just, you know, all these things have worked in our favor and, and the software and things that have been developed along the way have been very helpful as well. Quick note from our Blue Wire folks right here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, and that's that's our last quick note. We had lots of quick notes today. I appreciate your indulgence with that. Uh before we go, uh Bob, tell everybody quickly how they can get your work, what they can uh, look for at Football Diehards. Uh, just go there. We have our premium service up and running. The August update, the draft guide actually goes live tomorrow. I'm doing okay. the final work on the first round of that. And it's the usual, you know, what we all do this. Uh, you know, we all think we do a really good job because we do a pretty good job of keeping on top of all the news, notes, latest yes. information, adjusting our rankings to reflect that. Try to do that in a responsible way, as Jeff and I talked about earlier in this program, not overreacting, not underreacting, but, you know, understanding the context. And and so we have all the same technologies out there that you're going to find, whether it's configurable cheat sheets that, you know, you can dial in directly for your league settings and, and formats, et cetera, uh, all the way through columns, videos, tons of online content. Now we're getting more into the YouTube channel. I've been doing, you know, live Q and A's, I think two or three times a week. I've almost stopped answering questions on Twitter just to do it on the, on the YouTube because I just enjoy it a hell of a lot more. That's on Twitter at football diehard. Not into the TikToks yet. I'm letting Jeff Erickson and Jeff Manns dominate that for a little while. As I understand. I'm dabbling. Jeff is dominating. Unfortunately, (laughs) Jeff Manns is like, he he was an early adopter on that one there. (laughs) I was an early adopter, but uh, good for him on that. uh, but yeah, so hit that up. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Football Diehard. I'll always answer if you if you give me a holler. And FootballDieHards.com, of course. And uh, the magazines, the Pro Forecast, thirty second straight year of publication, uh, and the Pro the Pro Forecast, the cheat sheets, the draft book, some really great articles in the draft book with a bunch of people in the industry. Uh, Twenty five tips and tricks from all the people. And uh, the Football Diehards magazine. I think you'll find some great content in all those. And of course, they all come with access to the website so you can keep the rankings updated etc and you can hear me on Sirius as Jeff said 3,000 times a day no it's uh <laughs> so it's at least uh six days a week and there'll be days where we'll double up in the season me and Dempsey are going to do Saturday afternoons on the fantasy channel then do our regular Saturday nights on NFL radio so it'll be five hours where you can hardly miss us uh Sunday pregames with me and Jeff Manns uh something we've been doing for a number of years now we both enjoy immensely and so and I'll be on during the week football diehard show uh, as always, also be on Fantasy Dirt with Fabiano as well. So uh, check all that out. And uh, your local listings will help you divine all that. There you go. There you go. Bob, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, and good luck in your zillion leagues and good luck on your zillion shows. And uh, I look forward to the next conversation. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. You bet. Bob Harris, everybody. Footballdiehards.com. Uh, thank you, WinBet, for sponsoring us. We have uh, Jake and Joe coming at you tomorrow. Have a great day.